Hey, welcome into New Way Stories Podcast. I am your host, Jesse Roberts. He is Darius Giles, and we're going to talk about things like movies, creativity, and other things. Ice skating, other things. Ice skating. Yeah, we could, I we could talk I had about to that. Say something. Um, simply, what you should know about New Way Stories is that... Uh, I created New Way Stories as a platform for people to uh, create and to hopefully do good in the world through that. Yeah. The super compelling vision that I just cast. So let's get into it. <laughs> Speaking of um, creating good things, do you, do you ever, this is not anything on the same topic, but do you ever eat cereal <laughs> in the afternoon? <laughs> Uh, here's the problem is I am lactose intolerant or I have some brand of lactose intolerance that I don't know how to specify. Uh, and I have not found a good milk alternative, <laughs> milk alternative to now, eat my cereal with. Have you ever had oat milk? I have. And usually oat milk is made with canola oil to make it creamy. And canola oil is the number one culprit, uh, with my with my tummy issues. Really? So you're it, just, yeah, ah, okay. I can make my own oat milk and that would be fine. But canola oil is, I'll, dude, I'll give you my rant about canola oil. We do a whole other episode on what is <laughs> canola oil and who in the canola came, <laughs> came up with this stuff, you know? Um, yeah. That's, well, look forward to almond that milk. another episode. Almond milk, is, almond milk is decent. Yeah, stick around. Okay, well, Try and remember. You? Try and remember back to when you were a normal person and you yep. were eating cereal. Um, yep. I remember having cereal at your house as kids. Indeed. Um, I was pouring a bowl of cereal, and I already have like a hefty pour uh, for mm -hmm. for cereal, so I, it's already a big bowl. But then I realized I was down to the last bits of the cereal. So if I saved it for another bowl, it would be like a quarter of a bowl for tomorrow. Yep. Yep. So then it has to go in, right? Like I'm not going to eat yep. a quarter of a bowl tomorrow, but yes. because I already have a large bowl, I have yes. to then add the quarter and then it's just an obscene amount. It's so a like, heaping bowl. Yeah, it is heaping. Um, yeah, it's a bowl of champions. It's a Super Bowl, if you will. Well, yeah, it is. Anyway, that just yeah. happened to me. Uh, Honey Nut Cheerios. <laughs> Uh, right before we got oh, on. Good so choice. If I'm a little sluggish, uh, it's because I had a heaping bowl of cereal rather than just a kind of large bowl of cereal. <laughs> ah, I also have a battle that, with the dragon of extra large <laughs> cereal bowls. That also got me thinking, and this is uh, not where we're going to spend most of our time on the podcast, but I love breakfast for dinner. This yep. is probably not an original thought at all. Like, Pancakes, French toast for dinner, amazing. But like, I don't think that dinner for breakfast would work. Like, if I tried to open a dinner for breakfast, like <laughs> restaurant, like I don't, it's the uh, way I don't think is there. What we should do is we should, you know, how brunch is on the four side of lunch. Yeah, we should do. Uh, we should do a restaurant that's on the aft side of lunch, and we should call it Dunch. This is. 2 p.m. five-course hey meal. <laughs> hey, guys. How would you like a sprig of parsley, mashed potatoes, and a bowl of cereal? Dunch. <laughs> it's funny because dinner and lunch. 
That's the, the frustrating thing about dinner and supper and lunch is that they're all the same thing. That's why breakfast gets its own crap. That's a good point. It's because breakfast, supper, or sorry, dinner, supper, lunch, noonsies, um, e- even meals, late night snacks. That stuff is generally, especially the, the dunch category, is yeah. all burgers, steaks, chickens. It, it really is like your lunch menu is just like smaller plates, right? Of, of like dinner, right. the dinner item. So it really isn't. Um, yeah. Well, I'm glad we got that off of our chest out of the way. I'll let Olive Garden know. Yeah, totally. Um, there, that, that is the thing that truly is the same lunch and dinner. Like and breakfast. I'm, going, I'm going all you can eat soup and breadsticks, uh, soup salad breadsticks. No matter what time of day. Regardless. <laughs> Keep your freaking pasta. I want some soup and some salad and some breadsticks. But again, 9 a.m. going in for breakfast. I don't think I want the Zippa Toscana. Um, Zippa. Zippa. Uh, you know what I love about Olive Garden while we're on the topic really quick yeah. is Olive Garden had one of the worst rebrands for like a motto that I've ever seen because <laughs> they went from Olive Garden when you're here, your family to uh, Olive Garden, your family here <laughs> or like whatever their new slogan is. It's not when you're here, your family. It's like Olive Garden. We're all family here or something dumb like that. It's essentially McDonald's going from ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I'm loving it, to ba-da-ba-ba-ba, we're liking it. Like, it's like the exact same thing. I don't, why did they feel like they had to change it? I, I actually thought, I was like, yeah, that's pretty good. Like, when you hear your family, it's, you know, I don't, like, believe that they're a real Italian place, but, like, <laughs> but I get it, right? Like, an Italian family, and, like, uh... You come in and it's like you're getting the weird. Maybe it's the when. Maybe it's the when that someone was like, hey, I was told that when I came here, I would become something different. And now Algren's like, hey, we are family here. Regardless of what you are, we are family here. So we're we are family. <laughs> you can eat at our table sometimes, but we're actually the family. But we're actually literally family. Yeah, it's like, just a giant Mormon family that owns all the Olive Gardens. <laughs> Not Italian at all. Um, yeah. Which would explain a lot. Um, it wouldn't. Ex- yeah, it would. It would indeed. All right. So, so sorry. We, all. Have a, we have a hot topic. Hot topic. Uh, and not, hot take. Hot take. Not the the store that you might find in the mall. Hot topic. But mm. we're going to talk about the best year for movies. Yes. And I think. And ev- go for it. Well, every every movie in the year will be an item that you would only find at Hot Topic. Well, that very that very well. For instance. Be. 1989 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It is the too tight T-shirt of the year. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's great. Um, I used to love Hot Topic for that instance. Now we shop online, and we can we don't have to shame ourselves in going into Hot Topic. You can just buy whatever <laughs> it is on Amazon. I always felt like such a fake going into Hot Topic because the person behind the counter was always so hardcore. Oh, for They're sure. They're always nice. They're always nice. 
And for us, we were just going in for the nerdy t-shirts, but <laughs> not like the goth portion of yeah, Hot Topics. We like, well, we but you cool also have like Mario t-shirts. Like, <laughs> I can't, they don't, they're not selling this at PacSun. I can't. I have to imagine this at PacSun. Uh, they don't have any of these at Old Navy on sale in the clearance section. So here I am. In search of the fabled half-off Super Mario Party shirt. Uh, the funny thing is, like, we're the only people buying them non-ironically. <laughs> people were like, how funny would it be if I had a stupid video game on my shirt? And I was like, how awesome would it be if you had a Diddy Kong t-shirt? Dude. If there was a Diddy Kong t-shirt, I would have worn that 100%. Yeah, and yeah, I'll get you one. You're yes. going to have that Diddy Kong t-shirt. Yes. You piece of crap. <laughs> I love it. All right. So best year for movies. Thank I you. this is obviously a subjective conversation, except that I think I'm gonna throw out some years and I'm gonna try and like explain why it might be the best year for movies. Yeah. And I think that each of those are kind of subjective, but I do think that there is an objectively best year for movies. Ooh. I think in my in my long research, um, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start off with this. Is I think 1999 is a pretty impressive year as far as innovative type movies go. And so that okay. I was trying to like grade off the Matrix. Of like, so so the Matrix was one. Um, the Sixth Sense was in there. No way. Um. All right, my computer's loading a little bit on trying to get these movies. Uh, but I noticed that I was dancing around in the 90s a lot of, like, favorite movies. Yeah. And so that's where I think some of the subjective nature comes into this. Right, right. Um, but let's just, let's just throw some of these out here. We've got The Matrix. We've got uh, The Blair Witch Project. Oh, dang. Star Wars Episode One, And I understand if you don't like Star Wars Episode One, that's that's fine. But think about... Doesn't like, matter. Think about what it means yep. as far as movies go, right? And the even the... Sense. Yeah. The groundbreakingness of Episode One... Yeah. ...is... Like, the same way that I don't think Star Wars A New Hope is a good movie. I think Star Wars A New Hope is one of the most boring movies of all time. But it is one of the most groundbreaking movies of all time. I saw yeah. your face there. I saw your look of disbelief. It's, a New Hope is my absolute favorite out of all of them. The pacing of that movie is like it's like a John Grisham novel if there were if there were no suspense or action at all. I agree. The pacing is slow, but I'm a refined film goer and so some of those pacing issues every time i like try and show somebody an old movie like i watched a, a hitchcock movie with um with somebody and they're like yeah it was okay it was like kind of long I'm like you know, like it's it's a 60s movie like it, the pacing is yeah. just different than what yeah. we're used to today so you have to like double so, look past that okay uh, just super quickly on this note I do appreciate your refination, which is a word I just made up. I love how refined you are in your movie watching experience, but I think that what you're describing is 
over time, filmmakers have discovered better <laughs> pacing. Better. Like I literally, yeah, yeah, I yeah. literally like. Maybe I'm totally wrong. I don't. I never. I don't. No, know I don't think film. you are. I think that you can see it pretty, pretty clearly by decade like when the 30s yeah. were happening they were like first <clears throat> releasing like feature-length films right you're like oh, okay this is all right like and they're essentially just like trying to make musicals right in in movie form yeah in the 50s right. happened and it's just like they kind of figured out what they were trying to do what a movie could be right that's right the, exactly that would be a streetcar named desire right yeah 54 I an think. actual movie yeah like yeah. uh that's that's why it's the golden age right of movies right because they like started to figure it out and then like you said right like it just kind of kept getting better and better what is like an actual think about like movies as far as like comedies and and suspense there's obviously really funny things in the 40s and 50s and 60s but like i don't know the first movie that is like you're like laughing, laughing. Right. That's a yeah. really good question. What would that be? But it's it's in the seven. Animal House. Right? What was that? Animal House. Yeah, something. I I actually haven't seen Animal House. I so that's a really that's a shot in the dark. But I agree with saying, you that it's something. Yeah. It's probably something of that nature. Mm-hmm. I think it's in the seventies, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's probably. Yeah. You could you could make the argument that it is post Saturday Night Live, like. You I think kinda, there's for sure there's for sure something that happens there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but well, and Steve Martin, like, I think Steve Martin, like, learned how to craft moments in comedy. Yeah. And like how to create ten minutes that didn't feel like ten one minutes stacked on top of each other, but instead felt like ten minutes of comedy. That was like not Rodney Dangerfield one liners for ten minutes. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. No, no, no. Sorry. I, I get you though. It's like it it's a it's actually a, a crafted thing. Yeah. Um so okay. So bank nineteen ninety nine. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'll keep on track. No, it's good. It's good. I think that that was a worthy a worthy rabbit trail. Nineteen ninety nine, I think you have to make the argument on on just the groundbreaking level, uh, and a few that I didn't mention, Fight Club, um, yeah. Office Space for a comedy, um, and then American Beauty won Best Picture. Okay. I've never seen American Beauty. Kevin Spacey, right? Yeah. I mean, I watched it when I was like 22 or whatever. It's, it's a unique film for sure it's not like one that i would ever watch again but right 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 it's like one of those classic it's one of those classic best pictures that it happens and then you're like 20 years later you're like well there's you i i would probably make the argument out of out of those like the matrix or um let's yeah see here, or galaxy quest no i'm just kidding um like you know six cents. Well, okay. Let's just no nothing. Let's throw it out there. Fight Club, Six Cents, and um, Smart House, and The Matrix. What did you say? Smart House. Oh, Smart House. Exactly. I think Smart those House. are four movies that people will watch today. 
they hold up. They are still incredible movies, right? Like, bro, this 1999 is an insane. I have never looked at this before. Right? That's what I'm saying. It, it like, Do you have a rush in front of you? It's it, insane. Absolutely. Man crushes. on the moon. Man on the moon. Oh, yeah. Wild, Man on the moon. Wild I, didn't West. Even, I forgot that one. In, entrapment. So, the haunting for horror movies. The haunting yeah. is genius. I was watching House on a Haunted Hill, nineteen ninety nine. I was watching Lord. a interview. Superstar. Sorry, oh. Stuart no. Little. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, me with a mouse. One, two, three, go, Stuart Little. Um. Okay, Stuart Little. Let's just. I was actually about to mention M Night Shyamalan. I was watching the interview with him, and he was saying like he actually was. He was really thankful. I think he was working at Miramax at the time. He was really thankful that he was like in the movie making space during that year because all this groundbreaking stuff is what this is the reason why I looked yeah. up 99 is because yeah. he was like Sixth Sense, Blair Witch Project, Phantom Menace, like Matrix, all these came out in 99. And I'm like, that's that's insane. You said what Stuart the heck Little. What's happening? Let us let us uh, not pass over the fact that uh, M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> directed wrote, wrote the uh, screenplay for that. Oh, that's so When funny. working at Miramax, he... That's did. why at the end, you find out that Stuart Little is actually a serial killer. <laughs> You'll never see it coming. <laughs> never see it coming. He also did like a super heavy pass for She's All That. Like... That's funny. I was, I was blown away. I was blown away. All right. I I never would have imagined that this that these movies all came out in the same year. Isn't Blast from insane? the Past came out in 1999. Message in a Bottle came out in 1999. Did I say Men on the Moon already? Yes. Jim Carrey, which Men on the Moon is probably the greatest biopic biopic, yeah. however you however you want to say that. Probably the greatest one. Being John Malkovich. I'm oh, John Malkovich. That's the other one. <laughs> Dude, I don't think I probably smokes. should have not led with 99 because it's it's a big deal. Every other year is going to be a big letdown now. Yeah. So, okay. I don't even know how studios made this many movies 19, in this one year. 1985. This is just like a fun year for me because okay, I think I'm ready. Back to the Future is is maybe the most watchable movie, dude, ever. <laughs> I like. Yeah, no, I, for real. I can always put Back to the Future on, and I was pleased yeah. to find out that it was at least nominated for best screenplay. <laughs> it didn't win, but I was like, at least it had like some sort of. All right, so just I'm bringing this up as far as like classic and maybe yeah. maybe yeah. Cool classic. Um, so you got Back yeah. to the Future. You've got Clue, uh, which Clue the movie is actually quite funny. You've got The Goonies, The Breakfast Club, Weird Jeez. Science, Teen Wolf, uh, Rocky Four. Anyone? <laughs> Police Academy Two, their first assignment. So I don't. Yeah, I'm yeah. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. I'm not here to say that this is a better year than 99. Yeah. But I do think yeah, out of Africa, I think that's the best picture. I think that it, it does hold um, as far as the best picture goes. Um, 
You know, a James Bond movie came out in 1985 and in 1999. Coincidence? I think so. Well, I saw, what is it? World's Not Enough in 99? Yeah. And what was the 85 one? A View to a Kill. It's one of the bad ones. (laughs) I think that (laughs) both of those might be, um, count as one of the bad ones. Excuse me? I agree, sir. Um, what's your favorite? You have a favorite Bond movie? Oh, I, there's no way to beat Casino Royale. It is the pinnacle. It might not be the pinnacle of what you want, a, what you expect a James Bond movie to be, but it yeah. is, it is, in my opinion, like clinically, technically, by the book, the the best film that is a James Bond film. I don't know. What about you? I think, well, I think you're right. I think Casino Royale is, it's insane how good that movie is. And um, I love, I mean, I think, I think we could say, you know, obviously there's going to be a lot of purists that um, aren't down with this, but like, I mean, the, the Daniel Craig era of Bonds is the best. So good. Yeah. Just, just from a, if you're being objective and you and you're in a pop culture vacuum where you don't know that James Bond is this pop culture phenomenon or you didn't grow up with James Bond or you didn't grow up with your dad loving James Bond or something weird like that if you just had never experienced pop culture or James Bond before and you watched all the James Bond movies objectively you would be yeah. like the Daniel Craig ones I think because they figure the pacing out by then, you know? For, yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, go back and watch. Uh, I just watched uh, Dr. No, uh, which yeah. is the first James Bond, 1962. Yeah. And, uh, yep, the the pacing is very slow. Very slow. Dude. Oh, Fun, man. but slow. Yeah. I think the one thing for me, I don't want to get too much into this conversation right now, but the one thing for me that really is a game changer between those old Bond movies and the new ones is that in the new ones, even though there's still misogyny, there's less misogyny. There's at least an attempt. There's at least an attempt to like not be misogynist in the, in the new ones. So, well, it's almost like, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, all right. I'm going to jump. So I think you can make an argument, right? Like people say Citizen Kane is the best movie or The Godfather is the best movie. The problem yeah. is, is that when you start going back that far, like one of my favorite years is like 55, right? You've got like Rear Window. You've got some like Westerns that I love. You've got um, some comedies in there that are just like kind of classics. And but, but you can't like stand on four movies. And also yeah. they were only releasing eight movies a year. <laughs> like it, so. Yeah, it's hard to be the best year for movies if there's eight and not 800. Like I which think, 1999 you know, apparently you have. look at like 77, right? You got, Star Wars, and you got a few others in there that yeah. were awesome. What else is They're in like, 77? Huh? What else is in 77? Well, you're not supposed to. I'm, just, I'm Googling ask it. 
follow-up questions. You Google Google it really quick. Eraser head. That's pretty groundbreaking. Eraser well. head is is good. So um I guess my point is though, is that generally yeah. there's like three or four or maybe five, even though it's like a good year, right? Yeah, totally. Or like 70, totally. Is it 76? 76 is like Rocky and Jaws. It's like, okay, those are like two of the biggest movies of all time. For some uh, reason, I thought Rocky was 75. But I'm sure, I'm sure I'm wrong. Could be 75. You know this. I always get a little confused on... It depends on how people list it. It'll be like Best Picture 76, which means it was like released in 75 and then given the award in 76. Oh, well, it's not showing up on Google on when I type 1975 or 1976, but I know it's one of those years. Um, but again, my point is, is that like, I think 1976, 76. Yeah. I think the 80s, it starts to have a, a, a chunk of like, eight, 10, 12 movies where people are like, we watch this movie every single yeah. year, right? Like right. You, got, you got movies coming out like uh, Christmas Vacation and um, yeah. and the different National Lampoon comedies. You got Lethal Weapon, yeah. uh, Die Hard. Yeah. Like these movies that people will like watch uh, over on a regular basis. Yeah. Now, all right. So I'm going to, but I'm going to jump to 2009. I think 2009, as far as like, again, just like fun movies that people will probably watch over and over again. Is this the year Superbad comes out or is this 2008 that Superbad comes out? I think 2008 is, I think Superbad, is Superbad 2008 or is it even earlier than that? It's not 2009. Okay. So I'm looking at 2005 now. Superbad? Maybe. I didn't think it was that early, but I'm at 2009 with you now, though. All right. 2009. Avatar, which listen, I have my own things on Avatar, but it is still the highest grossing film of all time. When was the last time you watched it? Uh, When did this movie come out? 2009? 2009, maybe? Uh, No, 2000. I watched it Maybe maybe like 12 or 13. I watched it when it came out on DVD. I watched it because uh, it's on Disney+. Plus. I watched it in 2019 or, or late 2019 or early 2020. And it held up. Really? It was great. The acting was great. The, the writing was great. It, like, sure, it was way overhyped. Yeah. Like when you look at like, when you look at like, which movie deserves to hold the number one box office if you're like comparing Avatar and Endgame, Avengers Endgame? If you look at which one deserves that title, Avengers Endgame beats the tar out of Avatar in terms of sure. just like, in terms of like originality of story, depth of like emotion, even just like acting. It's an ensemble cast. However, however, even though Avatar is way overhyped and I can't believe it was the, I can't believe it was the highest grossing movie of all time for a decade. It still is a I'm good guilty, movie. By the way, I saw it three times in theaters. Well, well, and I think, I think that is, 
that's one of the things that becomes hard to play. And when you're judging like best movie of all time, because we're not talking best movie of all time, obviously, but like, it depends on what you mean by what's the best film. Totally. Because again, Star Wars, A New Hope, I don't think it's really that enjoyable. Yeah. However, I think it's it on is, like AFI's, it's in the AFI's top 10. And it should be because of, of the fact that it's the first sci-fi fantasy movie that is not just about a bunch of bull crap. Like it actually has stories and characters that actually matter. So it started out, it started, the, there would have never been legitimate, real sci-fi fantasy movies that had real, legitimate, believable characters if it wasn't for Star Wars New Hope. That, above anything, really earns it its, its spot. Yeah. Anyway. I hear it. And so, so with Avatar, the fact that, like, the fact that it is a beautiful, breathtaking movie and you felt like you had to watch it in theaters. Yes. I feel like that earns, it earns 2009 some clout. That's all I mean. I do miss that a lot. That I have, like, some of my friends today are like, I could do without movie theaters. Like, just do the direct and I'm totally cool with that. And I'm like, screw you, man. Like You guys are the not, problem with this world. Do not take movie theaters from me. <laughs> I want more movies where I, I need to watch them in theaters. I think people forget, and I don't mean to be like, I don't mean to be, I'm not trying to peddle a movie theater. Like, unfortunately, I'm not getting any, <laughs> we're not getting any endorsement deal from Regal uh, or anything like that. But I think people forget what an emotional and I don't want to sound dramatic, but spiritual communal experience watching movie theater is. 100%. We, we we locked down an in, almost an entire theater house to watch Shang Chi with uh, a group of young adults. Yeah, and it was electric, dude. Yeah, it was electric. We're all laughing together. We're all mourning together. We're all excited together. We're all like shouting, like like cheering for the hero together. That's something that you can't do at home in the same way yeah you can't get a hundred people in your house to watch a movie together without 90 people getting up to get popcorn and have a side conversation during the middle of it yeah it's actually right. an experience it is yeah and it's like it's uh, again I, i'm not <laughs> it's an experience that i don't want to give up it's yeah. an experience that whether the movie whether the movie business is a crooked messed up business or not that experience is a valid and valuable experience totally 100 sorry sorry right, so we've my, got, smoke, my smoke box we've got avatar we've got inglorious uh which is yeah awesome um heck yeah definitely you have to it has to be your cup of tea 2012 oh, yeah. <laughs> um that's not a real well, question. Sorry, re really fast. Transformers 2, which is a big deal, even though it's not that great. Watchmen came out in 2009. Yep. Harry Potter 6 came out in 2009. Star um, Trek. Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock with... Holmes, yep. So there's a lot. There's a yeah. lot of... You also have The Hangover and Taken. The Hangover is what I was thinking. The Hangover is the one that came out in 2009. You have those... Up? Yeah. Yeah. Which is 
for me, one of the best movies in general, not just animated films, but yeah, Up, Up is insane. Phantasm uh, Mr. Fox, Zombie Lands. Oh, Phantasm Mr. Fox is 2009. Yeah. I love that movie. Grand Torino, yeah. which I was just thinking about this. I think Grand Torino is the first rated R movie I watched in theaters. <laughs> what a crazy, like, uh, what a crazy life uh, milestone. Yeah. Yeah, I was just okay. thinking about that. I think The Patriot is the first, like, rated R movie I watched with Mel Gibson. Not counting, like, TBS. I saw Lethal yeah. Weapon when I was, like, six on TBS. So that doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. uh, right. Uh, so, anyway, yeah, Grand Torino. Uh, Princess and the Frog, like, I think is is definitely a unique, like, milestone. I hate these movies, but Paranormal Activity came out. Those are kind of a big deal. Yeah. No, yeah, they're... Hurt Locker they won are. Best Picture. Um, District 9 is a super sick. Speaking of, like, super awesome uh, sci-fi movies. Yeah. Uh, Precious, novel by Sapphire, uh, <laughs> came out um <laughs> cloudy with a chance in meatballs this is not necessarily a a movie that i feel like needs to be mentioned but it's pretty funny i'm just gonna throw it out there so i'm just gonna say first of all hurt locker super sick film moving on cloudy with a chance of meatballs i do think like has a, a placeholder as one like the era that happened of like hilarious kids movies yeah hilarious yeah like riotous funny kids movies that dream legitimately funny started doing movies. yeah yeah where they were just like jeffrey katzenberg was like screw it we're gonna make the funniest movies possible and we're just gonna make them family friendly and they're gonna happen to be animated and yeah and killed it doesn't hurt that it's Bill Hader. <laughs> two more, two more movies just to mention: Five Hundred Days of Summer, which is uh, the Ooh. movie where I think we all fell in love with Zoe Deschanel. Um, and never seen it. Just a, you've never seen it. Never seen it. Just a really fantastic, like it was. Every, everyone loves at, it. Two thousand nine is like the glory years of like the um, kind of hipster hipster movies type. yeah dude so and this is like the peak of that right like joseph yeah. gordon levitt um zoe de chanel it's super funny super good and i and i feel like the first like real relationship movie that i saw that felt real right so like mm, yeah spoiler alert they have like it's just their relationship and then it doesn't like they like each other, but it just doesn't like work out for them. Yeah. And yeah, like that's it. Right. Like, uh, yeah. and I cool. just felt like I had never seen a movie that was just like, yeah, sometimes relationships don't work out. Yeah. Yeah. That's super good. And they Reminds like, me of John oh, okay. I'm remembering it real time as I'm talking about it. The narrator opens, he says, this is not a love story. They don't fall in love. And then they proceed to tell this story where you're like, I want story. them to fall in love. And when they don't at the end, you're yeah. disappointed. It's like, we told you. Very beginning. Well, 
not going to happen. What I what I think is cool is like every generation has movies that help give a voice to their experience, right? That's why Greece was such a phenomenon when it came out because yeah. for baby boomers, they were like, "Holy crap, this is this is like what it felt like to for us to be in high school." Yeah. Boo, That's a really boo, good point. Boo. Boohoo, baby boomers. Uh, just kidding. Um, yeah, it, like I've I've seen people, baby boomers, talk about like how meaningful Greece was to them when it came out. To be like, yeah, this is like someone really portrayed life for us and relationships yeah. for us. The like the fear of getting pregnant, the just all the things that were like new for an adolescent generation that had never happened before. Yeah. Um, the Rat Pack movies do that, right? Or Brat Pack movies, sorry, do that for right. Gen X. For Gen X, they're like, this is what it was like for us to be young people when our emotions were being formed. Like when we were forming our, our worldview, yeah, it was like this breakfast club experience where we had to learn like not to judge a book by its cover. Yeah. And then I think 500 Days of Summer is one of those ones for millennials that like we, we've had these experiences as a generation where like our expectations for love and life we're set at this place, whether it's our fault or it's another, or it's our parents' fault, or it's a combination of both, which that's probably what it is. We had our expectations set for relationship, for marriage, for, for finance, for all these things. Yeah. And 500 Days of Summer is a perfect, like it gives voice to this experience that we've been like, people told us to pursue love and it doesn't always work out. And that's yeah. real life. Totally. Sorry. Sorry. No, that my... is, that was, Fantastic. Last movie I'm going to mention in this year, and then we're going to get to which I think is the unequivocal best year, um, is Brothers with Tobey Maguire and Jake <laughs> Gyllenhaal. Oh, gosh! What a bleak oh. movie, man. <laughs> it is so good. What a mother bleeping mind bleep. You know what it I mean? Is, I mean, I'm telling you, for I've been married for eight years, and at least once a month, I try and convince Kate to watch it uh, <laughs> for yeah. every single every single month that we've been married. That does not sound like a movie Kate would enjoy. Uh, no, she <laughs> has never gone for it. Um, oh, that's so funny. Uh, what's 8 times 12? 96? I've at least brought it up 96 times to her. That's so funny. Dude, it's... It's phenomenal. No, I don't remember how their reconciliation happens in the end of that movie. So I'll be honest with you, brother, that movie is one of those movies that I emotionally checked out for because my older brother was deployed. I think when it came out, it's sure. funny how much I like, it's funny how much I emotionally checked out. I'm realizing like in my thirties now, how much I emotionally checked out when my older brother was in Iraq Yeah, uh, because there's like experiences and memories that I don't remember experiencing because I, like I'm mentally and emotionally just completely checked out of them. Brothers is one of those. Is, I was going to say this is angry watching would be a movie. movie that could be uh, hard to watch in that experience for sure. Well, just watching somebody come back from Iraq and, and the pain of watching them be lonely and the pain of wishing that you could connect with them. Yeah. And the pain, the pain that they depict in brothers is so real that they think he's dead. Yeah. And they have to mourn him. If you are in a military family and you've done deployment, especially like heavy combat deployment, like if somebody in your family's done that, 
you know the feeling of waking up and being like my 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 dad my brother my mom my sister whatever is probably dead today yeah and like i just have to i just have to deal with the fact that i i want to think that they're probably alive but the reality is i have to be prepared for the fact that they're dead so i'm kind of pretending like they're dead until they get home in some ways yeah that's crazy sorry no it's i think that like again with the 500 days of summer thing it's like bringing up like a a really real emotion that people have yeah. to go through and and like putting it in a in a context um yeah, yeah it's awesome and i love how I it's not a too, war movie what was that i love how it's not a war movie like war movies will never depict war well Yes. Like Fury. Fury is one that like gets it because it doesn't make the soldiers the heroes. It just makes them characters. Yeah. They're doing something that no one should ever have to do. But like if we want to make a statement about war, we can't make an apocalypse now statement that's like, this is this is what war is like, or this is this is my social statement about war. If we want to really make a helpful statement about war, we have to say this is how we this is how we have to learn how to love and embrace warriors as they, as their families deal with this. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's good. I think that, I think that you're right. Like it is, it is a movie that is, is just talking about the characters that and the aftermath of like what war has, right? Like, yeah. And yeah. And And, uh, the performances, right. Through them, I think Jake Joan Hall, Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire comes out in, you know what? I'm going to use my Tour de Force card. Comes out in a Tour de Bleeping Force. Yeah. For sure. You never thought, you never thought you'd see Tobey Maguire like so angry that he wanted to kill someone. And you believe in that movie that yeah. he's going to kill his brother. This is like two years. This is two years after Spider-Man three, too. So you're like, <laughs> you're not a hundred percent sure what you're gonna get out of Toby. Oh, uh, but luckily Sam Raimi did direct Brothers, and so <laughs> um, you he came home pretty- with a chainsaw for an arm. So, uh, yeah, that's. I feel like 2009. There was a some stuff that we didn't mention in there too. That's a. I think that that's an honorable mention. Yeah. To say the least. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna list you some movies, and I'm gonna see if you can guess the year. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna start with some Jim Carrey movies. Oh, dude, I'm gonna do so bad. I'm gonna you Google all these. The I'm Mask. Too. You've got Dumb and Dumber. You've got Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura is his first headliner. So all Ace in Ventura, the same gonna... year. No. You're All kidding. in the same year. Oh, shoot. I was so confident that I was going to be able to get close to some of them. I guess I'm going to go with 1992 or 1993. I can't pick. It's one more beyond that, and it's 1994. Wow. All the same year. So you have all of those. You have Shawshank Redemption. You have Forrest Gump. You have Angels in the Outfield. Um, Angels in the Outfield is a dope jam. Where's some of the other ones? I think Angels in the Outfield is one of those one of those few movies that deserves to be watched 
that deserves to be watched that's about orphans. I that's it's a great movie. It is a it is a great movie. Um, Every other Adam movie about orphans, one of his original yeah, whatever acting pieces. Um, oh, that's right, The Lion King. Dang. 1994. I I think that it is unequivocal. This is oh, bro. <laughs> Double Dragon. Double Dragon. You got Time Cop. No way. Which is not Time a good Cop movie, needs, but Time Cop needs to be trending on on TikTok. Like t- Time Cop should be a trending conversation on social media. <laughs> this year i don't know how to make that happen but if you're listening to this and you're famous on tiktok make it make it happen yeah just make it happen i think yeah flintstones came out in 94 uh see miracle on 34th street i don't know man i think with those with i think forrest gump and which is your favorite movie? My favorite movie is yeah. I, I think that Forrest Gump might be the most watchable best picture ever. Yeah, ever to happen, right? Like how? Right. I, the most I dare best you to pictures put, are a little avant garde. Which one? I said most best pictures are a little avant garde. Yeah, so I was. You kind of have to. Yeah. I, I dare you to put up another like best picture movie that people are watching more often than Forrest. Oh yeah. Gump, right. Like, Oh yeah. And I even, I even will admit like, even though Shawshank is my favorite movie, um, like I'm probably going to watch Forrest Gump more often. Well, Shawshank. No, I mean, and I, it is Shawshank a better movie. Yes. Like I, I, you're right. Shawshank Redemption is a better movie than Forrest Gump. I suppose it. Like I've always gloated to you that like my favorite movie beat your favorite movie in the battle of the, in the battle of the gods. But really, <laughs> I don't know how Shawshank Redemption got robbed. Um, but Forrest Gump is for sure you don't have to plumb the depths of your soul the same way to watch Forrest Gump. Yeah, for sure. Chasing Redemption is depressing as crap. And, but also inspiring. Inspiring. Yeah. Uh, but oh, man, yeah. I just think like those like dumb and dumber is a movie that we quote on a regular basis. Um, oh yeah. Why would you not? Ace Ventura, the mask. Like I, those two don't hold up as well as dumb and dumber. But I think like it's just insane that those all three came out. Lion King is you don't talk about best pictures like this is uh yeah dude like I, the dude, Lion King the is such picture. a good movie. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, man. I think so. I think uh, you put out some of these. Some of these uh, feelers of in 1999, you've got the most groundbreaking, you know, 2009, really great, really great films for sure. But I think when it comes down to it, I, I'm trying to remember, let me look up the best picture nominees. Um, I think every single movie 
on the best picture nominee like if you put it up against <laughs> every other movie year like year. yeah every other year like surrounding if they would have just uh released like a year or two opposite of each other like each of those movies would have um uh, would have won best picture so what are the candidates that's what i'm looking up right now um, so I, I have to say this on the topic of Jim Carrey, because Jim Carrey, 100 years from now, Jim Carrey will still be remembered as probably the most, I don't know, the best comedic actor of all time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100 years from now, Jim Carrey will be remembered as you know unless someone comes along and usurps that he'll be remembered as one of the one of the right now he's the best comedic actor of all time yeah i think he does so. he does everything he does physical comedy he does improv he does character comedy uh he does he's witty and he can be pivy he does music he sings he dances yeah he like i think a, honestly oh bro and it's kind of insane that their careers overlapped but i i think that I think that he's like the uh, a Robin Williams. Oh yeah. Right. Like I think you have to give Robin Williams the consideration as well of like best. Yeah. Best comedic actor, but Robin uh, Williams takes the cake for best comedian. Yeah. Who became an actor? Because Robin yeah. Williams is by like far and away a better actor than Jim Carrey. Now, again, Jim Carrey is one of the greatest actors of all time. Robin Williams, Robin Williams is, he, he learned to speak fluent Russian for whatever that movie he was in where he was a Russian refugee. Yeah, I don't know. He's, a, he's Jewish. Wow. He, was, he became cool. fluent in Russian, which is an impossible language to learn, by the way. Um. I'm sorry, hold on, let me look this up. I'm just Googling Robin Williams, Jewish Russian. That'll get it. Uh, good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> Dude, Is that not it? That's it. That's the one. Okay, so Jacob Jacob the liar. Oh my gosh. I should have I should have come up with that. It's embarrassing. Yeah. So anyway. Quick, but sorry, go ahead. Yes, moving on. No, yeah. So we've got um, the four weddings and a funeral, Pulp Fiction, which I forgot to mention, um, Quiz Show, and Shawshank Redemption for um, Best Picture nominees for nineteen ninety four. Yeah. So wow, I'm seeing a completely different list. Forrest Gump, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Pulp Fiction, Quiz Show. Shawshank Redemption. I don't know why my list is wrong. I Googled. Whatever. Are you looking at... You could be looking at 95 and or 93. That must what's be the, what I'm doing. What's the best that picture must be what I did. listed? If it's Schindler's List, you're looking at 93. Yeah, I'm looking at Schindler's List. The, okay. So that, again, what I was mentioning, that was like... It came out in '93, but the award show was in '94. Okay, I get you. I get you. I have to go on record here saying that I absolutely hate the Academy Awards, and I think they're the biggest load of crap of all time. Yeah. 
but but that just dawned on me just now the, <laughs> and then the reason i say that is because i am such a movie fan that they that they get me like they get me hooked at the academy awards and they get me convinced that this is like a real legitimate important thing because i care about movies so much yeah and then and then out of sheer willpower i remind myself no you work for me academy i don't even know what that means um yeah so there's there it is the best movies of the year or best year for movies i don't know man there's something about the 90s that just they pumped out so many good movies dude there is a there was a there was like magic i feel like in the 90s that was that really a pit like forrest gump epitomizes it good good substantial films being made that you could also enjoy yeah and films that were made to be enjoyed also being substantial films and it goes all the way back to like um it really goes all the way back to the history of um the guys sorry bob zemeckis Mm -hmm. the two bobs and and the way that they were like in film school and everybody else in their films film school is like oh i want to make like this crazy silent film in black and white this oven and they're like cool those are really great but we want to make films that people like (laughs) yeah and they just so happen also to be beautiful filmmakers and story writers yeah absolutely anyway I love it. Well, this is, um, as I knew would happen, we (laughs) spent a ton of time on this. And so what we were going to talk about, we should do in the next episode. But oh, shoot, I will mention, no, it's okay. I got to you and I both have lives and yeah, I have to run to the grocery store so that I can enjoy. um, I'm going to put something on a crock pot. We're going to cook with a crock Ooh. pot today uh, but you just got to get it ready four hours early as crock pots <laughs> do um but i'll throw it out there new way stories uh i finished space pioneer which is the first book in the new way stories catalog Ooh. which is super exciting um it's going to be uh at least a trilogy it's going to be a series and hopefully i'll be able to so release cool. more books that aren't uh, by me, they'll just be stories that inspire people and to help live a life in a new way, if you will. I love that. Uh, so Space Pioneer, it is on Amazon uh, or it's on Kindle Vela. I'll put the link in the description if you're feeling crazy. It's a, a pretty sweet sci-fi story. I like to it's say great. that it is a new take on a classic sci-fi story. Whoa. 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 Wow. Wow. Wowie wow. Zowie. Wowie Zowie. Zowie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, yeah. Uh, if you want to read it, you can. If you don't want to read it, well, that's cool, too. I didn't write Space Pioneer, and I definitely think you should read it. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it as much as I did. And uh, I ended up, I ended up finishing it even the rough draft and saying, Hey, Jesse, I would really appreciate it if you wrote another one of these so I can read more about the characters. And that surprised me. And that is one of the reasons why I kept, I kept writing. Uh, (laughs) 
I it's had worth like reading. some encouragement through that. It's legitimately worth reading. We it's will good. definitely get into that on the next episode, next podcast. No, be we talk about creativity and finishing creativity and actually like what it takes to what it actually takes to finish something. Um, and you'll hear it from two pros, people who have <laughs> finished some things kind of off and on. Um, That's awesome. All right. I finished my lunch. Darius. Peace out. Always a pleasure. Jesse, wish I could say the same. Oh, you, <laughs> you <laughs> rascal.